0: rockstar life flying in a private plane with your bros headed back to California after a gig in South Carolina with Gavin DeGraw and Harry Farrell of James Addiction. It's what many of us dream of as kids. But for Travis Barker of Blink-182 and Adam Goldstein, better known as DJ AM, that dream became an unspeakable nightmare. On the night of September 19, 2008, The famous drummer and DJ pair got done performing a set for their new side project, crossing genres of music ranging from punk rock to hip-hop, classic rock, and electronic. They were excited for the new musical venture and decided to celebrate in style. A Learjet 60 flying them back along with Barker's personal assistant, Chris Baker, and security guard, Charles Che, still. Captain Sarah Lemon knew the guys were frequent flyers, you know, tour all over the globe without boarding countless planes over the years. You've all done this before. These are the exits, she said, being cognizant to not take up too much of the men's time with instructions she felt they'd be familiar with. Heading to the cockpit, she got on her Aircraft Communications Addressing and Reporting System, or ACARS for short. Quebec's north, just past the interstate. I briefed them all she confidently told ground control at 11.36 p.m. Lemon was a younger pilot at 31 years of age. She'd also only logged 35 hours in this particular model of plane. But with a total of 3,000-plus flight hours logged, her colleagues and previous instructors spoke highly of her. About 15 minutes later, though, as the plane took off, there were some major problems. The Learjet zoomed the runway at a speed of 150 miles per hour, but an unusual volume of turbulence was felt by everyone, along with a loud rumbling noise, when suddenly the plane turned entirely on its left side. The outside right tire of the plane had completely separated. Within seconds, all tires of the plane exploded from impact. In a panic, Sarah aborted takeoff, but this proved to be the wrong decision. The Learjet 60 was racing at a speed of no return and should have taken off, but instead went through the airport boundary fence right into South Carolina Highway 302. Everything stopped. As Barker and Goldstein recalled, either Captain Lemon or First Officer James Bland's body flying and hitting the ceiling from the impact in the haze of events. Fire erupted in the cabin and through the smoke, they frantically raced to the exit. The men ran toward a wall of flames to get out of the aircraft, onto a wing of the plane, and jumped while their bodies were ablaze. They rapidly ripped off all of their clothes and rolled in the dirt, now naked, trying to stop the fire. They were beyond shaken. They watched the plane explode together as Barker turned to Goldstein. Are we alive? he asked in a state of confusion. Although they were burned and severely injured, they were indeed alive. Captain Lemon, First Officer Bland, and their friends Che and Chris Baker, however, were not. The two musicians were rushed to the Joseph M. Still Burn Center in Augusta, Georgia. Goldstein with third-degree burns to his left arm and right side of his head. Barker, with 65% of his entire body severely burned. Goldstein was released a week later. Barker, however, stayed much longer, undergoing three months of blood transfusions and even being told by doctors that they would possibly need to amputate his foot. The amputation did not end up being necessary, but he did have to undergo many skin grafts. In the process for these, he was asked to temporarily give up his vegetarian diet of 17 years at the recommendation of his doctors due to the grafts not taking largely from low protein levels in his system. In a later interview, Barker recalled the phone being taken from his room after being caught frantically making calls to friends, offering each a million dollars if they'd end his life. The drummer struggled with guilt, especially over the death of Charles Chase Still, recalling that the security guard wasn't even supposed to be on the flight. Travis had recently divorced Shayna Mokler, also the mother of his children Landon in Alabama, but the former couple were still on good terms and he had invited her to come. Mokler, the model once featured as a Playboy centerfold, declined, strangely enough, having a not-so-good feeling about leaving the kids for the evening. So Travis asked, still, to take her place on board. Quite eerily, Barker had a long fear of flying since his teenage years. It resulted in him taking large doses of Xanax, to the point of barely making it off flights during his tours drumming for pop-punk superstars Blink-182. While Barker struggled with these intense feelings, Goldstein was ready to get back into action. In retrospect, probably a little too soon. Not even a month later, the DJ got back on a plane joining rap sensation Jay-Z on stage for the reopening of the Hollywood Palladium. This was shortly followed by many residency gigs in Las Vegas and even an appearance alongside Robert Downey Jr. DJing a party in Iron Man 2. But despite his appearance of tenacity, on the inside, Goldstein was struggling. A recovering drug addict, friends say his survivor's guilt and post-traumatic stress led to his relapse, and ultimately his death, less than a year after the crash. Matthew McNicholas, the lawyer of the DJ, was quoted as saying, without the plane crash, we'd still be enjoying his musical talents. He lived with the trauma every day. Losing Goldstein added to Barker's psychological issues. Barker's story, however, ultimately wound up much different than that of his colleague's. Travis Barker was told by many doctors he would be on pain medications for life, and he is now proud to say that is not the case. A former recreational drug user as well, Barker is now 11 years sober and a fitness fanatic. He was back behind the drum kit and on stage almost immediately upon hospital release and continues to drum in Blink-182 and elsewhere to this day. His 2016 autobiography, documents escaping death that night and his story of survival. The plane's crash was ultimately blamed on negligence in checking tire pressure, which resulted in the tire damage prior to the aborted takeoff. It was found in the National Transportation Safety Board's after-action report that the plane should not have aborted takeoff despite the major accident. The reasoning for this is that the aircraft was going at a speed where they were instructed to take off in all circumstances from their training. Goldstein filed a civil lawsuit in December of 2008 against Learjet and Goodyear Tires. It was later settled by his estate after his death. We will never know if the plane would have made a safe landing had the takeoff not been aborted. The silver lining to this catastrophic story, however, is the perseverance of Travis Barker. It inspires many to this day and is a reminder of the self-healing power of the human body and the resilience of the human spirit, even after suffering the greatest of physical injury and unimaginable tragedy.